Inspire with the CEDP mission team. Connecting with teachers to transform students' experience of religious education. Welcome to Inspire. My name is Scott Carroll and I'm a teaching educator with the mission team for Catholic education in the Diocese of Parramatta. In this episode, we're joined by Religious Education Coordinator Genevieve Banks and Teaching Educator Bruce Carr, who will be sharing the experience of Stage 5 Learning Cycle 5 at Catherine McCauley Westmead. Thank you, Genevieve and Bruce, for joining us today on Inspire. Bruce, would you like to kick us off and give us a bit of an uh, an insight into the big ideas in this learning cycle? Yeah, thanks, Scott. Uh, obviously, this is the what is the relationship between sexuality, love, and human flourishing learning cycle. Uh, and at Catherine McCauley, they chose to engage with a real-world audience, that being the uh, family life life and marriage office of the Diocese of Parramatta. Uh, they looked uh, at areas specifically around love, um, the four different types of love. They looked at um, sexuality. They looked at human dignity. They looked at um, the, uh, the Maggio Day, um, made in the image and likeness of God, uh, and social media, the exploitation, and the culture around uh, love that is portrayed uh, by our secular world. Uh, and then they put that all in the context of preparing uh, information packages for young people, especially specifically young Catholics, who would go to the Diocese Family Life and Marriage Office seeking support in all of those areas. Thanks, Bruce. So, Genevieve, as the as a religious education coordinator for Catherine McCauley, um, how did you go from taking this big idea off the page into the classroom with your staff? Well, I worked quite closely with our staff who have the FTE positions for this year. So that was divided between um, two members of staff. So in their allocation, they've been working behind the scenes and um, I come on board when asked to. And they looked at the document and working with Bruce, we actually um, were able to produce something that the people were able to, to run in class. So um, sharing that big idea with them, uh, resources, um, what the assessment tasks would look like. So um, before it was actually delivered in class, there was a lot of behind-the-scenes work. Terrific. So what were the challenges in in the preparation? Because this is new, isn't it? Yes. I think initially, Scott, a lot of people thought that um, when they saw the, the page, it's just one single page, and compared to sharing our story, which has quite detailed information, um, a lot of people were wondering whether it would actually... Um, sustain a class for 10 weeks in duration. But in actual fact, once they started teaching it, they just said there's so much in it that um, they probably needed more time than the 10 weeks. So um, there was that, and I guess perhaps a little bit of um, anticipation, a bit of um, going into the unknown, perhaps created a little bit of anxiety. But once people saw the content and what's the substance of the unit, um, they realised that to do it justice, um, they would definitely need all of that allocated time. And probably one thing that we did, um, we're quite collegial here at Catherine McCauley. I actually did factor in um, meetings at lunchtime, um, particularly at the beginning of term, so that people could just um, discuss where they're at, 
how they were going, what they what support was needed. And I think that really gave them the confidence to to continue throughout the term. What a committed team. Meeting at lunchtimes. <laughs> it was in the school calendar. <laughs> we had supportive leadership for that as well. So um, making sure that people weren't... Um, you know, put on a playground duty or something else. So it was prioritised at school. Oh, that's great. Thinking creatively is is so key. I, my understanding, I'm coming from a primary background, I, I keep hearing the challenges from people when it comes to timetabling in secondary. So it's great that you've got that support from your leadership team. No, it was the only way to get everyone together, um, you know, and somebody perhaps was on duty, was covered. So, um, you know, it was seen as important work and that the people needed to... Um, you know, to be available for that. Mm. Quite interesting in the, um, just the title that's in the draft new curriculum at the moment, what is the relationship between sexuality, love and human flourishing? And it has come from our student body that they think that sexuality should remain within the title because they feel that it's really important that it's actually named. So um, the girls probably felt that this is um, perhaps... In other subject areas, it's probably talked about in a more biological context, but all of this is framed within the teachings of the Catholic Church. And so the girls were really appreciative of the fact that they had this forum, this opportunity, um, particularly when they think about what's being presented in the media, to actually um, look at it in a different way and probably, I would say, you know, without question, a better way within that fact that it's, each person is made in the image and likeness of God. Each person is entitled to that inherent dignity and respect. And that is so sadly missing from our larger, um, you know, popular cultural um, social media and platforms. So I felt that the girls were reassured that they could talk about this through a faith lens. You named earlier on that staff first looked at this and saw that uh, it looked skinny on content, but once you start looking at what's named there, it's quite deep. I wanted to just um, ask about that idea that it's moving beyond our surface knowledge of particular concepts, and I'm wondering if the the depth comes from naming the relationship between the ideas, um, because it, it goes beyond just naming what is human flourishing or what is sexuality, or what is love, but what's the relationship between them? Is is that indicative of the deep learning that you're talking about? I think so. So I don't think the girls would have got to a, um, a better understanding of what love and what human flourishing means without looking at sexuality first. And um, that was necessary, but I think in a lot of classes, you know, um, probably more of the time was actually spent looking at love because I think for the first time um, some of the girls, you know, the word is just used so loosely to see that there are different types of love. And in one of the um, part of the package, there's actually um, some students have actually made a, a, a journal and it shows the different types of love. And one of the images is of, um, you know, all this fantastic food so you know you can say that I love food but then the, the love that they'll have for the parents is different from the love that you know um, the parents will have for each other compared to the love that they have for the children so um, I think you know they've explored that quite deeply to see what that means and that um, you know that without love no one can flourish and um, when Jesus says that I have come that you have life and have it to the full we cannot have a full life unless we are loved and I think the girls have 
gained, um, you know, they can really appreciate the necessity of love and how it's essential for everyone. I'm reminded of um, parts of the world where, in particular languages, they have more than one name for snow or more than one name for rain because they have so many different variations of them. It's really interesting that we only have that one word that covers the whole scope of of what love can be, isn't it? Yes. Well, I'm from Tasmania and I can tell you we have a thousand different words for rain, which you don't <laughs> have here in Sydney. And, and quite often, thought, you know, I have used that example, particularly, um, you know, when breaking open, opening scripture to the girls, that English, and I'll, I'll just say to them, because we have such a diverse um, uh, community at school and many of the girls speak a, a language other than English at home, and I've just said to them, look, you know, you might be trying to translate something from your um, from your own language into English and find that there's not a good equivalent. And I think they've learnt that through the word love. Um, you know, English is quite inadequate compared to other languages. And, you know, they, they, they've had that experience in just their daily living and they can see how it transfers across to, you know, to, to, the, to religion, to their faith. How wonderful that they can bring that richness into the classroom and share that. Yeah, and I think that's part of um, you know the, the flourishing, and that it's the it's more than tolerance. You know, it's the appreciation and it's respect, and you know the admiration that it's a skill. So I think that's all contributes to to human flourishing. So if we can um, you know bring that to class and for girls, um, because what we see they're at school for you know so many hours of the day. That's only one part of their life, and you know everything. And we do recognise that um, we are just continuing the work that has begun at home in the families of our students. Absolutely. Parents as first teachers. Bruce, you spent some time in the classroom th- during this learning cycle, didn't you? I did. Fortunately, uh, I had my week at Catherine McCauley, I think it was about week three of, of term. And so I was engaged with the learning processes in relation to some of the inquiry pedagogy. Um, so the release of, of the entry event, uh, which was from um, the Family Life and Marriage Office, we had members of that office ask the girls to provide them with some uh, information packages that would appeal to uh, young people, uh, couples thinking about being being married, uh, and that was a good way to explore and break open um, a lot of the concepts that the document has contained in, in the learning cycle. Uh, and then there was a great experience of, of that collaboration that Genevieve talks about. So um, the four or five teachers, different teachers that are teaching the learning cycle would, would get together and they'd post and share resources with each other and then together we'd build those. And they've act, all those resources now have been collaborated and um, have actually formed quite a powerful learning cycle. Um, I guess you'd call it a, a journey uh, because when you talk about these sort of topics... Uh, love, human flourishing and sexuality, you definitely need to take your students on a, on a faith journey and that's something I think we really did well. Can I just say, Bruce, that I think um, in doing it well, it was at this time that Miranda Devine had her piece in the Daily Telegraph and after that I thought my phone would be ringing hot but I only had one phone call and that was from a parent who was considering sending her daughter to Catherine McCauley in the future and I think the students were going home and they must have been reassuring their parents that everything that they were learning at school in this particular unit was within the teachings, you know, based on the teachings of the Catholic Church. So particularly 
um, the encyclical Letitia Amoris, the, the Bible, you know, particularly the New Testament teachings, um, also the teachings of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So I believe that what the girls were able to reassure their families at home, in addition to the um, letters written by Monica Officer and Father Christa Souza, I also put a piece in our school newsletter that I was expecting an avalanche of um, phone calls, but that didn't eventuate. And I think the girls were really confident and could articulate that what they were learning was within the teachings of the church and not what's, what was being promoted in, um, in the newspapers. Communication with our parents is so key, isn't it? But it sounds like uh, your, your students are well-equipped to communicate their learning themselves. And that's what we want them to do, Scott. So I think, um, and I said that um, in my newsletter piece, that they need to be ready for a world beyond Catherine Macaulay Westmead. So I remember when I first left school and went to university, there weren't too many Catholics. And when someone found out I was Catholic, they were asking me about the Pope and they were asking me about Mary. Well, I've stood firm. I'm now REC at Catherine Macaulay Westmead. And I think our girls need to be ready to take on the world and be true to their faith as well. And that's what we're preparing them for. That sounds like a great place to finish. Thank you very much, Genevieve, for joining us and good luck with the continued rollout of the draft new curriculum at Catherine McCauley. God bless. God bless.